Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, I discuss sustainable impact investing, how to create portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, environmental sustainability, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you want to know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as I explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Kim, what is going on? It's early, Eric. (laughs) 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 <laughs> normally it, it is normally we don't record this early in the morning and I'm not a morning person but I'm gonna give it my all here <laughs> I love that yeah we we were already talking before you you're almost at like 90 percent of your normal energy so we'll get you there yeah you it's you know I've been sucking the coffee down so I can be you know <laughs> rapidly I, I I'm very passionate about today's topic and you saw my notes. And so, you know, I <laughs> probably, you know, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll try not to get a little crazy, but um, I think you're going to like the title I have created for today. Give it to me. Okay. I have decided that this podcast should be titled WTF, meaning. What, the, oh, what? Go ahead. Yeah. What the Fahrenheit. <laughs> Do you like it? I I love it. It's cheesy enough as a, as a dad that it's almost like a dad joke kind of thing, it, right? uh, but it's very poignant uh, as we'll find out. What the Fahrenheit? It's, what the Fahrenheit? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I know it's been all over the news and, you know, it's a few days after the 4th of July and it's been pretty hot Yes, in so many locations in the United States and July 3rd. Let's just go back to Monday, July 3rd. It was the hottest day ever recorded on the planet. Hottest yeah. day yes. ever recorded since the beginning of recordings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you think, oh, okay, depending on where you live, that might make sense or not. But really, when we, <laughs> I was like, what? How do we get the hottest day on the planet? What's happening here? Let me give you the statistic here. The average global temperature on Monday was 17.01 degrees Celsius or 62.62 degrees Fahrenheit, which doesn't sound really hot, but we are again averaging Antarctic temperatures, the southern half of the planet where it's winter and of course the northern hemisphere where it's summer Mm -hmm. hottest day ever the last time we had a hottest day recording was in 2016 so here we are hottest day ever when i was doing some reading about this insane really (laughs) let's just get get all worked up i gotta gotta take a deep breath here um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like it it's so interesting to see what's happening here it, interesting and scary um you know i i 
I know I talk a lot about climate change on the podcast, but until we as humans really understand how much of a problem this is, and we really get into a corrective action scenario, we're really looking at an earth that's becoming more uninhabitable since probably the dinosaur times when they were hit by, you know, a comet. <laughs> so, well, and so that, that's actually funny you said that because when you said that and I clarified, it's the hottest day ever since, you know, we started recording because right. I, I was going to say the dinosaurs might have something to say about that, Kim, because it got- Well, if they could hot. talk, yes. <laughs> You're right. Talk. It was pretty darn hot then. I'm and, sure. you know, here we, it's, it's crazy. I- the data for this comes from the U.S. Centers for Environmental Prediction. I have to get that last word right because, you know, they could replace that with a few things. But who are these people that do this? Um, the United States National Centers for Environmental Prediction. Um, it's it's part of NOAA. We all know who NOAA is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, what they do is they measure and... Um, you know, pass out this information about the national and global weather, water, climate issues, even space weather. I mean, I've never been to space, so I don't know what the weather situation is up there. Um, But they really look at the forecasts and warnings here in, um, in the Pacific Northwest, we have been under a red flag warning for the last couple of days, which means we're going to be in the upper nineties with very low humidity and extremely high fire danger. Mm. Now, if you live in the South of the country, you're also feeling the oppressive heat, which has been happening. And I, it, this combination of El Nino and warming weather patterns, it's really throwing havoc into everything. And I was just thinking about it. And I think the earth's in cardiac arrest. We have to save it. You know, we're all just sort of watching it burn down and not, I, f- I don't want to say everyone because there are people doing a lot of really important work in this area, but too many people are just watching this happen. And I don't know if I'm not yelling loud enough, if the industry's not, you know, pounding the drums or, you know, I, I don't know. What else can we do, Eric? What can we do to get people to pay attention? Well, here, here's the thing. Can, mm. This is something that I've thought about for a while. I wonder the same thing. Why aren't more people paying attention to it? There, you could easily say there is a side of of the media that is, you know, you know, there's not no such thing as global warming. Or there's, you know, the envi- environmental crisis is not exactly what the left is saying it is. Um, they're playing it up, so on and so forth. Let's erase all that narrative. Let's get rid of all the narratives and just look at some some basic, simple things that you've already talked about on this podcast. There are a ton of areas in this country, in the world as well, that are in drought. Okay, so right. if there's if there's a if there's a lack of water then we have a lack of crops in a lot of places. If there's a lack of water, we have lack of, of healthy drinking water for, for people, mm-hmm. right? If there is, it, it doesn't matter why the, the temperature is going up, right? I mean, it, it just it, it, is. It, it, it is, right? <laughs> right? So, so let's just, let's just take it for what it is. Let's, let's pretend for a moment. It's not because of human beings increasing the, the global 
uh, warming, right? Let's let's just say right. it's not us. Let's just say it's a natural thing that has happened cyclical for millions of years. It just happens and it goes up for and the then it millennia. Goes down. Exactly, yeah. right? So let's just take the human equation out and then let's look at the problem for what it is. We still have a water shortage. We still have issues that that need to be addressed taking the global warming piece out of it, right? Because right. if we can do things to conserve water, if we can do things to conserve energy and not use as much and not burn as many things that obviously just pollutes the air, we know that part of it, then, then let's make some changes. Why right. does it have to be a left versus right issue or right versus left issue? How about it's a humanitarian issue that we want people not to suffer? Right, Eric, I love that you are my podcasting soul sister here because <laughs> you are just like <laughs> you it makes you just as crazy as it makes me i can hear it in your voice and i don't know what to do i feel like i want to get a nightly news segment on the tv because you know people still watch television news i i don't but some people do mm -hmm. and i want to title it wtf yeah. uh, or as i said in the beginning what the fahrenheit so my daily edition would go something like this in today's WTF top story, while heading from my home office somewhere over the river, through the woods, past fields of hay and grass, I came upon a newly sparked forest fire along the road that we were yeah. traveling to go to my mom's. And I, I'm serious. This happened yesterday. Man. It was most likely started by a passing automobile or someone throwing something out the window. Um, when we say it's a red flag warning day, fire danger is high, high, high. And I, Rose and I were driving and I was like, oh, is there a fire up there? And we get closer and literally it's just burning along the side of the road. Yeah. And so, you know, it had just started because no one was there yet to take care of it. Yeah. Here, here's the crazy thing is that we had a, a very large fire down in Kansas, not too, too long ago. Um, that was, it's just grassland that was just burning. And here, here's how bad it is, is, is that you're, you know, farmers pray for rain. We're hoping for rain and then rain comes, but guess what? It's so freaking dry. The grass <laughs> is already so dry that when the thunderstorm comes and the lightning hits it before it can be oh. drenched with water, the lightning starts the fire. Absolutely. And that's what happened. You know, and so you think, oh, rain's coming. Great. We need this. Lightning hits dr super dry kindling, basically. And now you have a gigantic fire that goes for thousands of acres because the right. rain and can't put it out. The rain's not there yet. It's just lightning and thunder that's there currently. And it's, it's almost always super windy at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> so it's crazy. <laughs> it, you know, we go back to the the um average temperature increase the you know the the record we set on monday and these are not milestones we want to celebrate yeah right <laughs> honestly yeah. we should all be terrified and i i am i'm scared um you know i there is a gentleman from the grantham institute for climate change and the environment named frederick otto you know Clearly, he's, you know, from somewhere around Norway, Denmark, <laughs> with the name like that. Uh, I guess I agree with him. And 
you know, he tells us that these rising, these rapidly rising temperatures are a death sentence for people and ecosystems. Wow. You know, it, it is, it really is a death, you know, it's a death sentence. And, you know, I just keep coming back to this dumpster fire visual and not just literal fire, but it's just a mess. And we need to bring our A game now. And we've got to put out the fire. We've got to deal with this head on. I mean, think about it. Rising temperatures are fueling environmental degradation, natural disasters that we just talked about, mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather extremes, food and water insecurity, as you just mentioned, economic disruption, conflict, terrorism all connected sea levels are rising the arctic is melting (laughs) coral reefs are dying the oceans are acidifying and forests are burning we're losing biodiversity we have droughts we have floods all sometimes in the same location in in Mm -hmm. a a one-year period and a new one to me is um you know which apparently we're not talking enough about because i really didn't know much about this but human health is declining because of the rise in temperatures. And it's not just heat-related deaths. Hmm. Uh, it has a lot to do with the air we're breathing. And, you know, think about the the northern part, northeastern part of this country, actually kind of into the Midwest, because my son's up in Madison, Wisconsin, and the air quality has been terrible from the fires in Canada. Yeah, They don't expect that to go away anytime really soon. Ooh. So to answer your question from earlier, what is it going to take, right? Yeah. The problem is, is that I think human nature a lot of times makes us very selfish. And if I'm not suffering, then I don't see the problem. And and maybe it's it's not that we're purposefully turning a blind eye. Some people are, but it's not that we're purposely turning a blind eye. It's a lot of times we just don't see it because it doesn't affect us. So for, exactly. for one example, I, I, I loved how this worked out. Um, not that I'm vindictive or anything, but uh, there's a, a specific lake in Texas that was mm. a very large lake and, and the homes on the lake were owned by very, very, very wealthy people. Mm. Um, just a, a gorgeous place until they had to let water out of the lake to give to farmers because there was such a drought that they this was a reservoir and part of it being a reservoir is it has to be used certain times but the lake has gone down so far that people's docks from their house, um, sometimes the dock is on dry land and it's another 150 feet just to get to the water, which they can't use. So right. now now it's the rich people going, well, I can't get my boat in the water. So what am oh, I right. supposed to do now? Oh, good God, what's happening with the environment? <laughs> okay, what's, yeah. that's the only time that somebody's gonna care is when it affects them. It's not that they can't get clean water to drink. They still open their tap. They still have drinking water, which many people around the planet don't, right? But they don't see that. It doesn't affect them. But once their boat can reach the water, Kim, what am I going to do? Oh, no, we must pay attention. Yeah, uh, between, if we just talk about health for a second and not even our boats, I don't have a boat, but you know. Um, (laughs) Between it's estimated that between 2030 and 2050, climate change is going to cause an additional 
rough, roughly additional 250,000 deaths per year from malnutrition, malaria, diarrhea, mm-hmm. ex- heat extremes, and just the severe weather, droughts, floods, all of those things, um, weather-related stuff. It, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I want the listeners to Google UN Environmental Program facts about climate emergency. If you look at their website, you'll get some good information and you will see that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change was set up by the World Meteorological Organization and the United Nations to provide a more objective source of scientific information on climate change and what's happening. Back in 2013, they ha- they were doing their fifth assessment report. And of course, we know this and we have to get this across to so many more people. Climate change is real. And we know it is specifically the result of human activities. There hasn't been a meteor that has struck the planet, causing it to burn down and kill all the dinosaurs again. What we know is that human activities are the main cause. The concentration of greenhouse gases in the Earth's atmosphere is directly linked to this average global temperature rise that we are seeing. Mm-hmm. And this is all based on scientific evidence. Uh, you know, when we're we look at the concentration of greenhouse gas emissions, it's been steadily rising along with temperatures. Um we know that about two thirds of greenhouse gases is carbon dioxide, um, primarily the product of burning fossil fuels. So who's doing that? Humans. It's not about the cows releasing methane when they pass gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, you know, certainly a, con- a contributor, but, um, you know, two thirds is greenhouse gas from carbon dioxide and another 25% is from methane, the release of methane from burning natural gas. We know what we're doing, but we know it's hard for us to stop. So I don't know how much more you and I can jump around and yell WTF, what the Fahrenheit, <laughs> you know, mm. but I'm, I'm sure going to do what I can to get more people's attention. And I feel like many in the scientific community and the impact investment industry, some of us are getting a little fatigued, but we cannot stop now. Yeah. It on July 5th, yesterday, (laughs) two days after the, you know, record temperature, global temperature, the United Nations um, trade body called for more support in developing countries and in attracting investments in renewable energy. Because if we don't work with developing countries in getting less reliant on fossil fuels, it's it's going to be even harder to not hit the Paris Accord Agreement of capping rising temperatures at two degrees Celsius. We could, it's, it's just a... You know, it, it's all all connected. It's everything we do is going to be connected. What else do we know? What else do you need to know about the climate emergency, Eric? What do you need to know? <sighs> Kim, there's, <laughs> so much, there's so much. Here's the thing: is that 
I don't know. You said that, you know, people in, in your circles are kind of getting tired, right? Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting. And it's not that we carry the burden alone. There's a lot of people that are looking at this, obviously a lot of smarter people than I am, but I just look at, you know, what are the true solutions? You know, the, the climate clock, I'm sure you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, There's only six years left on that sucker, you know, and that's, you, they they say they'll adjust it, right? If if we cut down emissions, they adjust it. So there's more time. If they're if we don't decrease it or the the emissions increase, then it you know the the clock's going to go down faster than it normally would be ticking by. And you look at greenhouse emissions like you were talking about, and the the top three are China, United States, and India. Right. And United States comes in at number two. So it, just speaking from our perspective. The fact that we're sandwiched between China and India, which they both have well over billions of people. Right. And and it doesn't, <laughs> right? We're at 360 million or whatever the numbers are now. Um, we need to see that like, as a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, right. Yeah. Let, let's do a comparison of countries that have as many people as we do. What is their average emission? What does that look like? And how do we try to cut down to that point? Yeah. We've, we've had so many subjects on this podcast before, you know, in previous podcasts, you've got tons of great information. I, I, I'd love to be able to sift through all of it and say, is there a solution? But if you look at electric cars, which is a great alternative, but they're priced out of most people's price range still. They absolutely are. And, and I, I want to say a, a little side note about that yeah. because, you know, I have a, a hybrid electric. We know that I've been talking about it. I just learned that the price I paid for that vehicle was below the national average for vehicle now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I have never paid this much for a car ever. Well, and, and here's, here's something that I find fascinating. I, I was looking, I think I told you, I was looking for a bicycle. I need exercise, right? So I'm, I need to burn some of my own <laughs> fat off this body, um, you know, and, and, and do that by, by bicycling. But I wanted a bike that was both a bicycle and electric, right? Oh. And I found really good deals. Now, I, I like to shop local, but all the local prices were way too high. Let's just be honest. It was, it was right. out of my price range. I was looking around around three to $4,000 is what was locally here. I'm like, that's just, I can't spend that's that a lot. Money. It's yeah. a lot. And I was looking at regular mountain bikes that weren't electric and boy, they're, they're 4,000 to $16,000. I don't know what happened there. Um, now you could, yeah, you can go to Walmart and you can pick up a mountain bike for, you know, two fifty. Uh, but is it going to support me in the activities I want to do? No. Anywho, let's just move on the electric <laughs> bike. Kim, I bought one. I'm so excited because it's a 21 speed mountain bike. So I get my exercise. I don't have to use the, the electricity at all, but this thing will go 40 miles on, on a charge. If I'm using it, wow. if, I'm like, if I'm like full out, just using the electric and I don't mind sharing that the bike itself was $1,300. So for $1,300, I have, if, if I commuted, cause I work from home, I don't commute, but if right. I commuted <laughs> anywhere in a, in an area that has bicycle lanes, I would be using zero emissions. Yep. And of course, in my area in, in Nebraska, I could only really ride it half the year. Uh, because right. wintertime is terrible for, for that. Um, but there are options out there that we can help contribute and, and commit to riding to work every once in yes. a while. I mean, we've talked about carpooling before. Uh, you know, that's all things that have been in play for years and years and years, right? Um, mm. 
there are things we can do that are cheaper. So I was really there are. excited about that, the bike having that large of a range, you know? That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's two more things I want to cover today. And yeah. one is, you know, I, I want to go back to the, I don't want to talk about a problem without giving a few solutions. Mm -hmm. So I want to just talk about that. You know, you talked about the electric bike that, you know, that was on my list, right? And one of those things. Um, also, we collectively need to support alternative energy, um, reducing climate risk in, in our portfolios. Um, we can help you with that. I'm just going to say that now, you know, at Horizons Sustainable Financial Services, we are here to help you look at your portfolio to make sure your investments are working to limit climate change. Um, we also need to work with um, with our, our governments and uh, non-governmental um, organizations. We have to support the infrastructure in the U.S. in for low and middle class families, especially in minority communities and other wealth disadvantaged families, in helping them convert to alternative energy sources as well. If we just think about our personal consumption of fossil fuels and here is where you come in with your bike. We have to cut that by 25% just to start. Mm. Probably we have to do more, but if we can look at our own personal consumption in some way, does that mean walking more? Does that mean um, getting an electric bike? Uh, we also want to know where the energy is coming that is charging or coming from that is charging your electric bike. Mm -hmm. Because if the primary source of your local energy is, um, shall we say, other fossil fuel burning, you know, if it, yeah. is it coal, is it nuclear, you know, those types of things, you know, we want to make sure we're looking at that. Here's another thing with a little side story. When I was a kid, my dad used to say to me when I would complain about being cold, put on a sweater, put on a sweater. And I swore when I grew up that I would set the temperature in my own home at whatever I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. Well, here mm -hmm. I am. And <laughs> I think, oh my gosh, my dad was probably right. I think he might have been being a little cheap, but you know, in, in reality, we can all adjust our thermostats and and do a lot of good. So in this summer when it's hot, Maybe set your, if you have an air conditioner, set it to more like 74 degrees or, you know, 75, whatever is comfortable for you. We had our house set at 74 and in the extreme heat we had yesterday, I actually got a little chilly. Mm. So, you know, I, I thought, well, I'm going to adjust that a little bit. And in the, in the winter, there's no reason why we can't adjust our thermostat down by two to three degrees and... <laughs> as my dad would say, put on a sweater, yeah. right? It, when we look at greenhouse gas emissions, we know that they are directly the result of the extraction, the burning of fossil fuels, and these are all contributing to air pollution and, and our climate change problem. So I want to talk about, this is the last thing I want to cover here is I want listeners to pay attention to what happens at COP28 in December. 
What is COP28? Thank you for asking because I was going to explain (laughs) that. So what does COP28 stand for? (laughs) You might ask, and you did. did. So COP28 is, well, COP, the COP part is Conference of the Parties. And this is directly from Wikipedia, which I find always find a little odd. So uh, Conference of the Parties, which we know, and this is the 28th gathering of nations and what they're doing is it's well it's the conference of parties un framework convention on climate change so it's all about dealing with climate change issues Ooh, it's going to be held in dubai this year in the uae Mm. and a lot of people think what (laughs) why is it going to be in dubai well let me tell you you know we know this is a oil producing nation but there's a ceo of a major french oil and gas producer who is saying that international and national oil companies need to use this as an opportunity to bring something to the table oil companies need to be showing that they can set targets to reduce emissions and if they're not at the table how are they going to do that we need to mm. encourage them. So it's it's kind of a an interesting dichotomy about having, you know, the conference of parties on climate change, the 28th edition in its early December of 2023 in an oil producing country. But hey, if, you know, we've got to do it, we got to do it. So let's work with them. Not not always against them, I yeah. guess, is my you know, thought. I And I am 100% for oil and gas companies setting targets as long as they're significant targets. Yeah. I mean, there are... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, I like that last part, significant targets, because I mean, they, yeah. they could, yeah, we'll, we'll do this, you know, and, and just put out something just to, you know, quote unquote, appease the, the, uh, the audience. But bottom line is if they're truly not making any efforts, then, you know, they're not going to make any changes. They're not going to care. So yeah, I like that last part. Yeah. Um, if you want more ideas if, uh, as a listener, if you want more ideas on what we can do to mitigate climate change and, and in our own personal efforts, I think podcast 65 and 36 are the two where I very specifically talk about things that we can personally do. But honestly, I really do talk about mitigating climate change all the time. We know, of course, the vast majority of emissions from oil and gas producers are in, I, I want to talk about this piece related to the, to COP28 too, before we wrap up, but it's mm-hmm. the, the vast majority of emissions from oil and gas are produced from the actual burning and consumption of fossil fuels. We call that scope three emissions. We've talked about that before. There's also emissions from um, extraction and production, which are, typically about 15% of a company's overall carbon footprint. Um, That's scope one and two or scopes one and two. So 85% of emissions are scope three, which are the ones we don't want to see. So we need to adjust that. Mm -hmm. Not Not only looking at oil and gas companies, but any other company we might be investing in or is in our community. Um, 
on the other end of town here, there's a factory and I see it, you know, throwing stuff up, you know, into the atmosphere. And I, I'm not sure what that is. I, I'd like to find out a little more about that, but those are their scope three emissions. And I want to look at ways to help reduce that. And we can do that with investing. We can put some pressure on some of these co corporations to not only reduce their scope one and two, which again is a smaller portion for almost any company, um, but looking at their scope three. So mm -hmm. I'm calling on all of you <laughs> listeners uh, to look at your investments and see how you can personally decarbonize your portfolio. We can absolutely help you with that uh, at Horizons. We are here to help. So you can call us 505-982-9661. You can email info at horizonssfs.com or send us a snail mail letter <laughs> if you mm. want to, but, but do it, you know, or, or talk to your advisor. Um, so honestly, if there's one takeaway from this podcast, I want it to be this. It's the responsibility of all humans to change and heal the damage we've done for the last hundred years. So listeners, please share the podcast tell your five closest friends about this podcast or tell them WTF and how, how they can make a difference. Yeah. That's what Very I got important. today. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up. It is important. I do ask on this podcast for people to share this. That is one small thing that folks can do uh, and then hopefully get together and, and chat about it because there's other things that, that can be done. And again, Kimmy gave out contact information if they want to know even further what they can do, please reach out to Kim um, and, and or Johan and, and see what else you can do within the portfolio to make a true difference. So Kim, thank you so much for the info today. I thought you brought the energy, even though it's early. Great job. It is early. And I finished my second cup of coffee and now it's not as early. So I'm really awake. <laughs> All right. You're ready for the but day. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for being so passionate with me and, yeah. and um, understanding and also wanting to get the word out. Thank yeah. you. All right. That's how changes are made. People getting together and talking about it. Let's do it. Uh, again, Kim, thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it and leave a review. This actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast, reminding you that it's time to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, please email me at Kim at griego-kyle.com. That's G-R-I-E-G-O hyphen K-I-E-L dot com. Or give Horizons a call at 505-982-9661 and be sure to ask for Johan Klassen. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available and to share this podcast with colleagues, friends, and family. 
The companies I may speak about during the podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Kimberly Griego Kyle produces this podcast on behalf of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the SEC. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.